0: Let's go! That's a year without defeat, seven games unbeaten. It's about getting results for the country. If I feel as a coach, that that's the best way to get the results, then that's what we're going to work on. They've got to go into the game on Wednesday with a lot of confidence and the big one in a month's time against
1: Serbia. How, how can you criticise them when you see the results that we're getting? The first
2: Celtic against
1: Rangers. You start yeah. to
2: feel the intensity. There's no bigger game. I don't care what anybody says. There's no bigger game in the world. The Goal Radio Football Show. Have your say. Call
3: 808 08
4: 17, 17 700
2: Let's go yeah, here we go again. Two hours of Football Chat Monday to Friday 5 till 7. Glasgow's own Go Radio. The football show, which is certainly a gathering your interest as it goes along, be it the podcast, which is well through 100,000 downloads now, or the live show every night of the week. Lots to talk about. We're 24 hours away from Scotland against the Czech Republic in the Nations League. That's a 7.45 start tomorrow night at Hampden. Uh, the Old Firm matches. Looming large on the horizon that Saturday lunchtime, Celtic against Rangers. And even closer to us, a plethora, lots of them as well, League Cup ties tonight, the Betfred Cup with uh, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, and former Celtic and Republic of Ireland defender Darren D with us in the studio. Whoop, whoop. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, probably worth running through the games, Ali, which are not far from us tonight. They'll be kicking off very soon, these.
4: Absolutely, I need a deep breath for this There's plenty Inverness, Cali Thistle Against Cowdenbeath That's 6.30 um, Chris and producer next door is Cheating for that one uh, Heart of Midlothian, Wraith Rovers Brorough Rangers, Cove Rangers forfa Athletic, Hibbs, Dundee United, Barry's Team Kelty Hearts Size Team, Peterhead Against Sid, Brecon City Montrose, Elgin Ross County, Arbroath Falkirk, Clyde Kilmarnock, Dunfermline Stranraer, Albion Rovers Air United, Annan Athletic Greenock, Morton, Queen's Park Queen of the South, Partick Thistle Stenhouse, Muir, and Aloha Athletic, Edinburgh City.
2: Well done, you. You can uh, take <laughs> can a breath now. <sighs> ah. I said, uh, former Celtic and Republic of Ireland defender Darren, also manager of the Celtic under 18s at the moment. Are you hot off the training ground or maybe cold off the training ground? Yeah, more at quite, the point? Yeah.
5: Cold, cold. <laughs> it was freezing. Um. So, yeah, got in an hour ago. Worked the boys well. So, Pre-season is well underway now at this stage. It's good to be back on the pitch.
2: And you're doing your pro-licence at the moment and part of your studies encapsulated uh, Scotland against Slovakia
5: the other night. So how did that go? Well, firstly, I don't think they realised the Irish game was on at the same time. So I wasn't happy. Um, But no, obviously I had to watch the game. It was uh, painful to watch at times, but it was a good result for Scotland in the end.
2: What specifically do you have to do on the game for your Pro License?
5: It's a, a match analysis. Um, so we're essentially, as if we're presenting to Steve Clark what they do. We watched the first game uh, a month ago against Israel and had to put together a match analysis. So everything from set plays to their style of play, to their formation, their key players, um, and deliver a presentation on that. And the second part of it was actually um, looking on the game and seeing where we correct in our analysis or did they change it up which they didn't so it was quite an easy task
2: so you were spot on
5: yeah I was yeah yeah I was spot on yeah um, Israel played the exact same way as they did uh, a month ago so as I said there was made us a lot less work for for the guys in the course
2: do you feel as if Scotland are turning the corner at the moment
5: yeah I I actually luckily enough I'm, I'm on a, a course now with fantastic people um, and I had a conversation with, with Malky Mackay on this and um I gave my my experiences of having a successful international team. I think you have to create a team culture. Um and what I mean by that is sometimes club form doesn't isn't the be all and end all. You have to pick the people who perform when they come away with Scotland. I think Steve Clark, after the first Israel game, there was a lot of I suppose criticism on the formation. Um but my mindset is stick with something um and I suppose stick with something you believe in and pick the players you believe in. And I think that consistency now in team selection and formation is going to help them um go forward and listen, to his results for the last I think it's is it seven games they're unbeaten? Yeah. Um brilliant. So you can't argue with that. But I think consistency now is a key for Scotland. I think they're starting to find an eleven. I, I always feel when Scotland go away, I don't know who's gonna play. And that's partly down to the fact that they've got a really good pool of players but I think you need you need consistency and an international level it's not easy to get it um but any international team I was involved in that was successful had that
2: well this this was uh, Stevie Clark's uh, assessment of the game afterwards as you say Scotland's 7 unbeaten now and uh, looking to make it 8 unbeaten tomorrow if we can uh, take care of the the Czech Republic and that would equal a record set by Andy Roxburgh's Scotland in the in the late 80s but this was Stevie Clark on uh, that win the other night against Slovakia I think it was a good performance. I, I never like to ca-
0: you, you should know me by now. I don't like to categorize things and I'll leave that to you guys. It Was a good performance uh, I think from start to finish. I thought the system worked well. We made the system work well against a, a system that we hadn't come up against before the 4-3-3. Good solid performance defensively. I thought we kept good control of the game
2: and we we looked a threat going forward which was which was nice to see. He's not God's gift to headline writers. Um, he just tells it like it, as he keeps it pretty plain and simple, uh, Stevie Clark. But I must say, Darren, I, I mean, I was finding Scotland tough to watch in, in recent matches. It all changed, for me it all changed with Lyndon Dyke's goal the other night and then how Scotland performed thereafter, looking really solid defensively. I felt really happy watching it and I haven't been happy much recently watching Scotland that they would actually hold on for the win and actually there was a bit of sparkle going forward and some nice passing plays as well. It it seems as if it is starting to evolve.
5: It was a little bit of a cliche, the hardest thing in football is to score goals, I think the easiest thing as a coach you can do, I'm not saying it is an easy task, but the easier of the two is setting up a team and tough to beat. And I think that's what Steve Clark has done. He's he's put in a system of play that the players are starting to understand. Scotland, in, in both games, you're, we're talking about saying it was tough to watch. As a spectacle it was, but Scotland didn't look in trouble at any time. They didn't look like they were going to concede goals um, and they look solid. And I think now, and we're talk, going back to that consistency of, of selection and, and kind of formation or kind of style of play, I think the the most difficult thing is is finding that um, fluency between players, and hopefully the other night was a sign of that that that's coming, and that's the harder part of the game. The easier part is was what I did as a player and ruined the game, <laughs> ruined the game. But the the attackers, that's why they're there. And I think, as I said, the the consistency in, se- in selection and formation will will bode well, and I think they're they're going to get that now.
2: Somebody at the media conference afterwards was brave enough, brave enough to ask Stevie Clark whether he thought the result had justified his persistence with a back three. This was his answer. It's not about justification
0: or making ourselves feel good. It's about getting results for the country. And if, if we feel that, if I fail as a coach, that that's the best way to get the results, then that's what we're going to work on. Nobody said it was going to be perfect. It's still not perfect. It can still be better. We can still play with a back four in, in certain games when it suits us. But at this moment in time, the, the three central defenders, who, no matter who we pick, and, and tonight I thought that all three again. McTominay, who supposedly couldn't play right-sided centre-back, was excellent again. Declan Garhard was excellent. And Andy Considine, on his on his debut at 33 years of age, waited a long time for it. He didn't let himself down tonight.
2: He was really good. It's interesting, isn't it? If you If you'd said a couple of months ago, right, here's your back three... McTominay, who plays in midfield for Manchester United, uh, Gallagher of Motherwell, Considine of Aberdeen. Neither, neither, anyone's glamorous idea of what a top footballer is, but terrific club men. That was, if, you know, if you'd said that's your combination, but how well is it working
5: out? Yeah, it probably goes back to, I, I think Scotland now need to have a way of playing, and it's up to the players to fit into that. Otherwise you'll never get consistency. If you're constantly waiting on a pool of players coming in, you start you start actually, I suppose, preparing for the game three, four days before the game. Because you're only you're only able to know your pool of players when they show up with injuries. Obviously now with COVID, you've got so many different variables to the people who show up. So I think Steve Clark a month ago went with the formation and I absolutely don't think he stuck with it to, to justify it, but I think it was the right decision to stay with it and to find the players to fit into it. So they, they obviously had an injury or two with uh, Cooper going down. So Considine comes in. Someone must come in to fill the positions. I also think, listen, I, I don't think he's he certainly isn't shy in making a big call, but it will solve the solution to the Tierney-Robertson conundrum. The, how do you fit the two in? Tierney plays in the back three at times for Arsenal, and um, the left of the three, and and obviously Robertson is is very expansive for Liverpool, playing high up the pitch. So it probably solves that as well, and it gets in your better players once they're they're both back fully fit. But I think um, I think you're right in terms of the three. You wouldn't have ever predicted that, but I think now it's it's time. That is maybe the the formation they're going to go with. It's time the players start fitting in with the the Scotland kind of way of playing.
2: And what McTominay needed to do was to prove himself defensively because he looked a little bit shaky or Position positional because that's not a position he's really played that much but what we always knew about him was that if he got the ball at his feet he could drive out from defence and, and start things off and, and, and he's doing that brilliantly.
5: Yeah, I think in the first game there was some question marks over him but as you said, it's a new position for him, so you can't throw someone in international football. I, I think you can't make a decision like that unless you're go- you actually believe it's going to work. So I don't think Steve Clark did it without believing it's going to work, and and maybe there was some deficiency in in his game because it's a new position. But by sticking with it, he's now, I suppose, excelling a little bit in it. Um, and I think I th- I honestly believe Steve Clark has looked at that uh, a month ago and thought this is the way we're going to go um, from now on, and quite clearly off the back uh, the result against Israel when people weren't particularly happy, he he believed in it, and I think that feeds to the players as well. And I think Scotland have abundance of good players, but if you kind of put them onto a a, a formation, they don't quite fit because there's that many in central midfield, there's two left backs, it doesn't quite fit. I think it's time, and I think they've done it as I said they found a consistent way of playing and it's now just pick the best players for the positions that you need
2: and resilience I think is a key word when you uh, talk about Scotland at the moment um, on the back of four defeats on the bounce against Belgium and Russia it's, uh, it's a really good unbeaten run now stretching two seven games stretching back a year and uh, I think that makes everyone proud here's Stevie Clark again on Scotland's resilience
0: heavy defeat against Belgium heavy defeat
2: against Russia so it takes a little bit of time to build confidence that
0: you can get clean sheets and matches. We've started to do that. We've started to look more difficult to play against, which which is great.
2: OK, so let's uh, leave the subject of uh, Scotland against Czech Republic. Uh, tomorrow night we will return to it, of course, and speak to our first uh, VIP guest on the Go Radio football show tonight for a Tuesday, and it is the St Mirren manager, Jim Goodwin. Hi, Jim. How are you
6: doing, Rob? You OK? Yeah,
2: very well, thanks. Yourself? Yes, good. Thank you. Feet up tonight, but you'll you'll be going to a game. I would imagine, are you?
6: Yes, I am. I'm going to uh, head down and watch Morton against Queens Park later on. Uh, we played uh, we play Morton and Queens Park in the in, in, when the the, um, the Betfred comes back around in November. So it gives me an opportunity to go down and and watch them tonight.
2: And how's the the League Cup so far for you? You beat Partick Thistle four one. You beat Queen of the South on penalties at Palmerston. How's it been so far?
6: Yeah, listen. It's always a, it's always a difficult uh, and tricky competition for the the Premier League teams because you know obviously you know we all go into the games as huge favourites and rightly so and particularly at this time when um, you know the lower league teams haven't had uh, competitive games yet. You know we would we should be expected to to beat them, but we know ourselves that they're never quite as easy as that. And I thought Partick Thistle were excellent last Wednesday, uh, albeit we won four one. I, I I do think that the scoreline flatters us I have to admit Um, and I think they'll do very well in their respective league and then obviously trip to Queen of the South at the weekend uh, it's always a difficult venue anyway you know the Astro turf pitch down there is is well worn shall we say and it um, (laughs) you know makes life difficult for uh, for any opposition going there so I I thought Queen of the South were excellent in the first half I have to say and um, you know deservedly went in front we were very slow out of the blocks and gave them a two-goal start um, but thankfully the guys showed some great character in the second half, we were able to take it to penalties and um, we set top of our group on five points which is, um, you know, obviously we'd like to be on maximum points but we'll take the five after the, the poor start in the Queen the South game.
4: That's fantastic, Jim. Ali here, how you doing? Hi Ali, okay. Yeah, I was just having a think about Richard Tate, obviously he was suspended um, for two matches, you've got him back now and back scoring, how does that feel as a manager?
6: Yeah Tate's obviously scored early on in the season um from a set play um and he's you know done it again there recently um you know we work hard on our on our corners and on our free kicks and we managed to score another one at the weekend direct from a free kick from Jamie McCarthy but yeah the, the boy's uh, you know a lot to do with delivery coming in the box uh, we've got some good dead ball takers but you know Tate shows a huge amount of desire and effort to get on the end of things and um, and he's been rewarded this season already with a couple of goals. You know, he was a big loss to us when he was suspended and, you know, we've had a, a couple of suspensions to key players already this season. Um Joe Shaughnessy obviously against Ross County, got a st- uh, straight red and and uh, Tate against Dundee United. So, you know, we're not that big a squad. Um, you know, we're not, and certainly in the defensive areas we don't have um great depth there to to pick from. So we can't afford to have situations like that and the boys have, um, you know, we've had good conversations about that. So, you know, when they're out of the team you can really notice it. The fact now that we've got those guys back makes a big difference.
4: Jim, just uh, as you mentioned about the size of the squad, we've had um, two goalkeepers on the bench. Is there any option for growth in the squad with the, some of us were thinking there might be some more Irish talent on the way?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're looking all the time. Um, you, obviously, with um the window being closed now we can only go into the free agent market uh, there are a number of players on that list um but the problem you have with that is most of them haven't done a great deal since last june you know and although they're training on their own fitness wise they won't be anywhere near where we need them to be so we have to be um you know sensible in our, in our approach to that one we are looking at a couple of players at the moment who have done uh, pre-season with certain clubs and who have made themselves free agents uh, prior to our window closing, which you know makes them available to us. So we're talking to one or two at the moment and hopefully uh, we'll have at least one new face by the end of next week and possibly uh, a couple.
4: Great to
2: hear I, I saw you um I saw the game at Pateaury uh, where you were very unlucky not to get something out of that one Jim but and you'd uh, four on the bench four on the bench in that and that game is that is that telling a story of of how thin the resources are at, at times?
6: um yeah, I mean you know we've been very unlucky, Rob to be honest in terms of uh you know some of the the, the stuff that's happened that's been you know out with our control um I know every other club has got. Uh, similar issues to deal with you know that the suspensions and the injuries are just part and parcel of the game they're just things that you have to to handle and cope with uh, we were always going to go with a, a smaller squad this year anyway because of you know the situation financially with every club we, we knew we wouldn't be able to get 22 or 23 players in but unfortunately when you get COVID hitting and you start getting a few positive tests and you have guys having to isolate because they're in the vicinity of certain people and then you start getting injuries and suspensions added to that then that's when you find yourself in a bit of a tricky situation with regards to the numbers but that particular performance you're talking about um you know our last league game at Petaudry is probably our best overall performance of the season albeit we came back down the road with with nothing to show for it there was a, a lot of positives that we certainly took from the game and I don't think we deserve to win the game, but I certainly think we deserve a yeah. point, point. And, yeah. and I think that was one thing about it, um, you know, was evident was the fact that Aberdeen could make the kind of changes that they made because of the strength and depth that, you know, they they have. And unfortunately, we didn't. You know, I, I did have a couple of attacking players on the on the pitch, but unfortunately, at that moment in time, when you're back to the wall for the last 10 minutes, the last thing you want is to be bringing on a. An offensive player you know it would be nice to bring on a, a defensive midfielder or a center half even but uh, listen it, it wasn't to be on the night nice, um, but there was a, a really good performance and we're hoping for more of the same uh, against motherwell this weekend
4: jim alex dyer is having a bit of a time with it of course with them the virus and he's had to forfeit the game against Falkirk last week as a manager who's already experienced an entire position out due to the virus do you kind of sympathize a bit with Kilmarnock's situation
6: I do sympathise with him, yeah. And and I thought um, at the time, I think it was half a dozen was it positive tests they had, and you know I felt that it was the sensible decision was to postpone the game, and and that's um, that's the position I held during our own uh, situation prior to the Hibs game. You know, we uh, I certainly felt that we could have postponed that particular game, just to buy us a little bit of time to get an emergency goalkeeper in to try and. Uh, introduce him to his teammates and unfortunately we weren't allowed to do that but I felt at the time that uh, prior to the Kamarnak game it was the right decision now whether Kilmarnock uh, get in trouble for that or not uh, remains to be seen but I think the SPFL came to the right conclusion with that because I don't think and I think every situation needs to be dealt with and on its own merits if I'm being honest uh, you know, for us to lose a whole goalkeeping department and be told that the game needs to go ahead regardless I think was poor um, I think if you're sitting there with a, a 35-man squad and you lose three players um, out of your squad, then I think you've got enough resources to be able to fulfil the fixture. If you're in a position like ourselves or Kilmarnock where you lose half a dozen members of the squad and you're left going into a game with maybe 11 or 12 players, I think that can sometimes you know, make a mockery of the league. And, yeah, I think every situation needs to be dealt with differently. And I know, obviously, there's some high-profile cases at the moment with regards to Celtic. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with regards to that one.
2: And did you sympathise with Kelly's request to Livingston to have the the weekend league game pushed back a little, or not?
6: Uh, what, what was that, Rob? Sorry, well, I'm, come I'm not Come Well,
2: come on, it, try, come on it, ask Livingston if they would uh, delay, maybe put it off for... Couple of days, the the game that's down for the weekend um, because yeah, of their I, I difficulties. Think,
6: uh, yeah, listen, I, I don't think it's fair uh, to ask opposition teams. I mean, you know, we had a similar situation with Hibbs, and I certainly didn't pick up the phone to Jack Ross to, you know, ask him to to do us a favour because you know I know as a manager myself, you want to play against a weakened opposition. I think that's you know that's just natural if I'm being honest whether it's right or wrong I think yeah. that's probably going to be everybody's approach to it. I think the decision should be taken out of both clubs' uh, hands and that decision should be made by the authorities. That's why they're there at the end of the day to to govern the league and and I think they will. I think whatever decision they come to then, you know, Kilmarnock and Livingston will have to to go along with it, but it's um it's having that level of consistency and it's having um you know the same rules for everybody, I suppose. And and we and we know we're all going to find ourselves in that difficult situation and, and the problem that the league have is the fact that you know we had to go ahead with our game um, so you kind of set a precedent, don't you?
2: And you've got Motherwell on Saturday so uh, good luck with that Jim and uh, enjoy your football watching tonight and thanks for joining us on the show
4: Pleasure guys, take care Thanks so much, cheers Jim Coming up next,
2: Bye-bye. the former Scotland winger Pat Nevin
6: The Ball Radio Football Show Let's
0: go
2: yeah, join us on uh, Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show and growing numbers. If you are doing just that, get in touch with us on 0808 17 17 700. You can text GO in your message to 87474 on the socials at gofootball.com show with all the chat and all the breaking news as well and you may have caught up with this one already but uh, Juventus in Portugal forward Cristiano Ronaldo has tested positive for uh, coronavirus the Portuguese Football Federation have announced. uh, Doing well they say without symptoms and he's in isolation. Portugal face Sweden in a Nations League group game on Wednesday, that's tomorrow the remainder of Fernando Santos Portugal squad have tested negative for Covid-19 and they are available for selection tomorrow night as well it is scotland against the czech republic on the back of that one nil win sunday night against slovakia uh let's hear from pat nevin next former scotland winger one of the best pundits around as well pat and sunday night was uh well eventually it was a whole lot better viewing than it has been of late wasn't it
3: um, I would say more than eventually. I mean, I was at the game and, and maybe it came across differently in telly with the crowd sounds, but looking at the whole game uh, and, you know, the whole length of the pitch, the work great for the Scotland players was brilliant and um, actually it was superb. did don't think anyone had a bad game um, and just they got better and better. Now, we're not brilliant. Let's do that about it. We're not a world class side. Right? But they're improving, you can see that improvement, you know, not necessarily game on game because the Israel game was a bit rotten. In fact, it was so boring that <laughs> I really nearly managed to stay awake for most of that second ah, half.
2: We could have just lost the first two hours, couldn't we, and cut straight to the yeah. penalty shot out.
3: i that one. I was thinking to myself, see if I was trying to drag the highlights out of that one. Good luck. First uh, shot and target with 72 minutes and that was uh, from Zahavi. No, but the second the game against Slovakia was different—a real jump. Um, Clarke was asking for a few things from the team. You know, he was asking for you know a little bit more bravery. You know, a little bit more willingness to go and chase and close down. There was a wee bit more sophistication about tactics as well, um, and that's understandable. You know, he's getting the team together. He's building that team. Made a lot of changes he had to make. I mean, think about the players we had missing. You know, Tierney, Christie, Armstrong, Cooper, Palmer, even Leon Palmer, was Forest, starting. McKenna, yeah I mean that's all players that you could argue would start you know so yeah. there's a lot to, you know, to deal with but the system worked really well and it was a very really good te- technical tactical thing I did with McTominay and O'Donnell which was brilliant it was very noticeable when you were there but maybe more difficult to see on the television screens and it eventually led to a goal
2: Yeah it was some goal wasn't it? Real, real quality about that. Have you always believed in uh, Stevie Clark um, all the way through, Pat? That he, uh, we all thought so when he got the job, we all wanted him to get the job. He was the man. We we, we looked for him to replicate what he'd done with Kilmarnock at, at international level. Have you always believed that, that he was going to turn this corner?
3: Right, well, I'll tell you how much I believe in him, Um I, I'm a hippie as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to get him as a hips manager <laughs> before he we went to Kilmarnock. Right. and I was the middle man in that trying to get him going there and eventually it never happened and it, it was a wee bit sad into that because I think he's top Um I've known him obviously i played with him uh, at Chelsea and with Scotland um, and I actually also played with Clarkie for England we'll keep that one quiet okay um, but we've known each other all these years and he always looked like the kind of guy who would completely and utterly understand what it was to be a coach and if you get to work with Chelsea if you get to work with Newcastle if you get to work with Liverpool you got to manage in the Premier League. You don't get that through luck. You get that because you know what you're talking about. And then the job we done at Kelly. I mean, I, I thought it was brilliant, the job we done with Kelly. So have I had my doubts? Uh, not yet. Absolutely not
2: yet. <laughs> can I can I just rewind you there? You played with Clarkey for England.
3: I thought you might catch that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you care to explain that one?
3: <laughs> we, uh, we were actually picked uh, for England. Yes, I had to pull on the three line mm. While we were at Chelsea, we played for the English Football League against the rest of the world. Some bloke called Maradona and people like Lineker playing against us. Um, but I kept it hidden quite well for quite a few years. So I'm not saying it was the most embarrassing moment
2: in my career. But,
0: but it's up there.
2: It. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Pat, so are you looking for things then to, now that now that we are turning that corner it seems are you looking for another step forward tomorrow night?
3: Well I'm not so sure it's a great question um, I would hope it would happen but I'm not sure it will because it doesn't no matter in comparison to Serbia it's it's really about learning as much as you can about the players part of the reason why we we did so well uh, against uh, I mean Slovakia the other night is because of the work rate was astonishing the attitude was brilliant we were so the the tempo was amazing. I mean you looked at the, the you know, the work that Fraser did, the work that Dice did. I mean, John McGinn was off the scale and Kenny McLean had a cracker too. Yeah. What was up like. And that's a lot to ask the player to keep on doing that game after game after game. You know, and it may well be that it'll dip a little bit. I'm more worried about the Serbia one. I mean I hope we get this one and it puts us in a great position in uh, obviously this league table I'm a fantastic position. Um but I think this actually oddly might be a wee bit trickier to get us up to those levels again but I hope we get it and I think we'll have a go at it uh, and certainly there's there's enough belief and there's enough confidence I wouldn't call it quite um, a swagger yet but there's certainly a bit more belief
2: about it. We've got a trainee swagger on at the moment. Um, Scotland's under-21s who beat the Czech Republic the other day uh, with Ross McCrory uh, scoring. Um, they're three up in uh, San Marino at the moment. Uh, I think that kicked off at half four. So San Marino on the 21s, nil. Scotland three. It's maybe a game you'd expect us to win, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Fraser Hornby, David Turnbull uh, and Barry Maguire uh, getting the goals. So that is uh, encouraging. Uh, w- Ali and I have got Darren Adi with us in the studio, uh, and Darren. The thing about the Czech Republic tomorrow night, one of the things about them is that uh, any resemblance between the, the side they—I know they'll be affected by COVID, as as just about everybody is at the moment. But any resemblance between their team tomorrow and the one Scotland faced last time, which was very much their second team, they probably they'll, they'll be a lot stronger, won't they?
5: Yeah, well, obviously they are hit massively. Am I right in saying their their manager is, is yeah. contracted now, so yeah. he won't be there? So. They've obviously been in disarray and had a really tough time of it, but yeah, of course uh, the game Scotland played played previously was against their, I don't know, was it their twenties nearly, or their, certainly they're very much the reserve, so it'll be a much more difficult game, I'd imagine, for Scotland this time around.
2: But uh, we're certainly getting into a good place And we've got a number nine, haven't we? I mean, what uh, a time he has had London Dykes, four internationals, two goals But those stats don't, Pat, tell the whole story at all, do they? Of a a guy who's done very little wrong, I think In that number nine shirt since he got it Um, Yeah, well,
3: certainly Darren would know this well You play against a guy like that You do not turn off for a second Because he's up there trying to bully you He's he's running you, and the ball's coming up, and he's he's good at holding the ball up. Um, you know, technique wise, he's he's good. You know, he's not phenomenal, but he's good enough for an international level. The thing that I love about him, it's not that it's, uh, chasing about, which you know we love to see and closing people down. That's great. To see that willingness to go beyond, to run beyond, time and again, and he and he doesn't getting it a lot of the time. But the space he's development for Ryan Fraser and particularly John McGinn. When he runs those defenders, there's a big gap that he left in that whole space there. Um, and that, that's a bit that, that really got to me. Because I was looking at John McGinn who was thinking, I'm having a bit of this. I'm getting in there and I'm getting the ball. And we could really do the, as much as McGinn as possible because he is a special player. But Dykes, honestly, he's shocked me at how easily and how well he has actually taken to this in, international football. And he's, he's learning, but he's learning so quick. And he absolutely deserved his goal. Clever thing about the goal, you know, it wasn't a simple tap in. It looked like it, but he waited. You know, the ball was crossed in. He made sure he was on side before the ball was crossed in. Real natural sh- strikers movement there. So, yeah, so many positives to take about uh, Lyndon Dykes. And the other thing about him is he's not going to turn up next week and no bother, is he? He's, yeah,
4: <laughs> he's, he's going to be hungry time. now.
3: Exactly. He's going to turn up and he's going to turn up for every game and he's going to be absolutely in about it because that's what he is. So yeah, I think as a deal of excitement that we've got one of those positions which we've been fighting for a long time to get sorted out, pretty damn close to it now.
5: Yeah, Paul I'll echo that. I actually, you're right. I actually played against Lyndon when he was at uh, Queen of the South, and he's um, he's a very very tough competitor. But I think people miss, albeit at lower level in the Championship in Scotland. I think Dobie got 40 goals that season off the back of it. So I think you're absolutely right in saying. The likes of John McGain, Christie, when he's fit, will feed off that. But he's one that occupies two, three defenders at a time, and, and I suppose your more creative players then will always get more chances off it. So it, it, it absolutely does bode well for Scotland now.
3: I, just just on the top of that, um, and I can remember a couple of times in my career playing with strikers who were, they weren't very good, right? But they kept running and they kept moving and they kept running long, and I loved them being in my team absolutely wanted them every single week because I knew they were making life so much easier for me so when you guys do that I, I, you know you'll notice it because you're marking them I notice it because I'm seeing the space that's been left so yeah, it's like, yeah can I, if you get time for me to ask Darren a question of course, of course you I mean, can I love it because I'm looking at our centre back position now and I don't know any, I have no clue what's the best who the best grouping is is it Gallagher is it McTominay is it McKenna? Should we have Kearney back there? You know, is it Liam You know, constantly coming in there as well. I mean, have we got a, a best? Has Scotland got a best back two or three?
5: Um, they probably do. But my, uh, early in the show, I'm talking about part that I think Scotland haven't had consistency in a in a style of play, or a, and I know formations. Formations are kind of here neither here nor there, but I do think it's important that Scotland have a way of playing so whoever fits into that back three understands the role far far further than when they come into the squad they actually know when they come in if I'm playing left side of the three this is my job if I'm center of the three I know my job and i think as defenders to be honest with you the more you know the job the easier job is um i don't think it matters how individually strong each person is it's the collective thing and that's what i think you're seeing with Scotland now with the consistent selection of formation and I know Steve Clark faced a bit of criticism um, a month ago against Israel with the three at the back um, but now with that consistency I think the players are understanding the roles more so I think you can put in and quite clearly you could put in any three you see Andy Considine coming in last minute goes in but he, he seems to know the role and more importantly he spoke after the game that Declan Gallagher is speaking to him all the time that he knows his role as well so I think that's just as important as putting I constantly hear Scotland fans and, and people say Got to get the best players in the team. I get that, but I actually believe now it's about it's about them players fitting into the Scotland way of of, of play rather than the other way around.
2: I'll leave that to you, Rob. <laughs> 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 <No, laughs>
3: <we, we, laughs> yeah, I'm on stepping on back Dali, too.
2: Were you i we just gobsmacked by the quality of Darren's answer there? I think we no, I, think,
3: no, no, I loved it. i and he's he's
2: answered them. I, he the I know. So it's more so it's more style of play that than actually the the individual bits that go into it. But I think
5: I think listen, it's nearly been a a question for government of Tierney and Robertson. how do you fit them in? Neither, neither. Like but I accept both are fantastic players. I get the headache. But no, they have to fit into the way Scotland want to play and what is the best way. And people, that, I, I, it's interesting listening from, uh, well, I say a bystander, obviously I support Scotland, I've been here long enough, but Ireland have the same thing. Ireland qualified, I think for the last kind of four or five major tournaments that I've seen Ireland qualify Jack Charlton, Martin O'Neill, Mick McCarthy, Trapattoni, all long ball, all long ball, horrible to watch, tough, in your face. Jack Charlton's song was put them under pressure. But we qualified for major tournaments because there was a style of play. Albeit it wasn't great on the eye, it got results. And and Pat's alluded to it there. Maybe Scotland's way of playing is high, high energy, getting people's faces, close them down, put balls in the box. It doesn't have to always be this perfect style of play. Um, and I think that's what they're getting now is a little bit of consistency. And the players understand that when they're coming in. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe Scotland need a, a way And I think he's falling on that now. Steve Clark he's found it. It's now time the players fit in, and if it means leaving out top players, so be it.
2: Do and do you think Pat Scotland will become easier on the eye as time goes by, slowly but surely, with Steve Clark now that he's built those defensive foundations?
3: I I I think they will because remember you've got actually good players that can actually play. You know, and there's other players to come in that we haven't even really considered, yeah, apparently as a wee guy at Chelsea, it's not bad at the moment, so <laughs> <Yeah>. you've got players <laughs> that can play, that you know, you can add to it, if you watch what Clarkie does over the years, it he builds it slowly but surely, you know, and he, he's not the type to get carried away, I think we all know that, so he just builds it slowly but surely, but when those clever things, I was mentioning about the fact that, the technical thing he did with McTominay and O'Donnell, it was really noticeable in the game, because I remember seeing, I was sitting, uh, Excuse the clang here of the name drop, right? But it was what, I think we said Andy Roxburgh. We were watching clang. The, the, thing, the semi-final of the World Cup in Russia. Clang, yes. <laughs> and it was Robbie Martinez had actually made this brilliant decision. He knew he, he wanted to go with a three at the back for Belgium. But that wasn't right. But it wasn't right to go two at the back either against Brazil because they were too quick for him. So he did both. <laughs> and that's exactly the point. He did both. They managed to manipulate the system so that, you know, as soon as they, they won possession, it immediately just moved around to being a three, uh, from a three to a four. And Scotland did that so obviously the other night there. McTominay, he was a dead right back as soon as Scotland had the ball. I mean, no arguing about it. He was stuck there at right back. O'Donnell had gone straight on up the pitch, and then he was able to link up with Fraser. Um, and it was so noticeable that it worked so well. Gets back to Darren's point, they need to know what they're doing they need to know if it, how to fit in the system. And so that sort of thing is beginning to work a wee bit well. But it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You yeah. don't often you don't get these players for all that long. And this has been a good long period of time that Clark has had them, you know, and, and I think he's getting more and more out of them. I do think the big thing is he's maximizing the potential of the group he's got. Can he do any more than that? That's it, full stop. You cannot do any more than that. And at the moment I think he's beginning to do that. So that's great news.
2: And part of the, the Andy Roxburgh connection, of course, is that Scotland will equal his record from the late 80s of eight unbeaten if uh, we avoid defeat to the Czech Republic tomorrow night. And that would be great. And funnily enough, see if you look back, we often played um,
3: with a, a three at the back at that period of time. There were many, many games. I mean, usually against the bigger teams, we played three at the back and against the smaller teams, we, we went to four because you know we thought we would beat them a little a bit more easily. So it has been able to, you know, adapt it for these various games. But Clark he's learned from everyone he's worked under. Remember, he worked under Roxbury and that as well. Yeah. And he all seen that there are times, there are situations where you have to do that. But that would be a real for push forward. Now, let's not be carried away. That is Kazakhstan, standard <laughs> the Czech Republic, Cyprus, Israel, Slovakia, we're That's talking right. here. You know, it's not, you know, a lot of teams that we've done in the past. But it is definitely a start. And it's something that can help build confidence.
2: Good to talk to you Pat answering questions asking questions the whole gambit you get the full value when Pat Evans on good to good to hear from you
3: and a pleasure Rob, Ali and Jay uh, and you later. Pat.
2: and the news of Scotland under 21 is now 5-0 against Sam Marino and uh, I think it's a Fraser Hornby hat trick so maybe somebody else chasing down that number 9 shirt but uh, I think Lyndon Dykes has a good strong hold of it at the moment get in touch with us on the Go Radio Football Show 0808 17, 17 the Bull Radio Football Show Let's go. That's Ali Defoy, Rob McLean and Darren Adi with us on the show tonight. Uh, From now till 7 it's Football Chat. You can get involved as well Uh, get your question to Darren make your point, whatever you want to say be it about international football or the club game returning at the weekend and what a game to return to as well. Just recapping for you on the latest score in San Marino uh, Scotland 5-0 up, the under-21s doing well again uh, tonight. Uh, That match kicked off at half four. Lots of league cap football being played in the course of this evening and uh, yeah, it's Celtic against Rangers at lunchtime on Saturday. Lots of players coming back to it from uh, international football including uh, Stephen Davis of uh, Northern Ireland. He will surely be at the heart of that Rangers midfielder at the weekend.
6: Hopefully everybody can see the internationals, uh, the remaining games, training this week for the lads that are back there. Um, Obviously health-wise in terms of COVID as well And and we're fitting right round to go.
2: What is it, Darren? 120 caps for Stephen Davis. It's phenomenal, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it is. Yeah, Uh, it's kind of sad that he was older than me when I was playing against him, and yeah, he's still going strong, (laughs) and I'm retired eighteen months. So (laughs) that tells you um, his professionalism, and you know, he's he's certainly had a top career, and he doesn't look like he's slowing up.
2: And it could have been Northern Ireland against the Republic of Ireland, couldn't it? It the, could have been, in yeah. In the playoffs.
5: Yeah, obviously, disappointingly, uh, Ireland uh, lost on penalties exactly at the same time. Northern Ireland uh, qualified in penalties. It was actually Scotland, that all three games were going at the same time and went to penalties. Um, so it could have been, but it wasn't to be.
2: A certain Shane Duffy, uh, the Republic of Ireland international, will certainly be looking forward to his first taste this weekend of the old firm fixture.
5: Yeah he will and he's in in really good form, he's obviously gone away. It sounds strange watching the kind of Scotland and Northern Ireland games, they they maybe didn't perform to their highest levels and and qualified. Ireland went away and it's the best performance I've seen in a long time Ireland have had and didn't, um, didn't (laughs) manage to get through. So um, Shane Duffy's obviously a big part, he's been captain in the team um, because Seamus Coleman's not been playing. So he's in good form. He scored a couple of goals. Now he's he's embedded himself into the Celtic team, and yeah, absolutely, he'll be he'll be relishing this this game on, on Saturday.
2: And that will be a defence that will pick itself. You would imagine for Neil Lennon because he's had choices to make uh, earlier on in the season. But with with Hatem Elhamid um, and Neil Beaton both ruled out because of uh, coronavirus, one would imagine it will be Julian returning alongside uh, Duffy and Ayer at the back.
5: Yeah I, I would agree you would imagine that um, what Neil Lennon is thinking I have no idea <laughs> um, sometimes these games have been involved in before where a manager throws in a curveball um, so yeah absolutely they would be the three you'd probably uh, reckon would play but you just never know
2: And obviously uh, Ryan Christie is ruled out uh, as well for Celtic I mean it's, it's just one of the we're getting used to the fact that COVID is is playing more and more of a part in in, in football matches. Not just injuries to contend with now, or suspensions, but players self isolating.
5: Yeah, it's 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 strange. That's the only way you can put it. It's very very strange. You you could just get a phone call one morning that tells you you got symptoms or whatever it may be, and then now you're getting the, to the stage when they're away on international trips it's someone else is getting the symptoms but it's if they're considered a close contact or not so I've no doubt all managers club managers are holding their breath at the minute because it it just takes that one phone call you see I I believe with even the the national Irish national team it it was where they were sitting on the plane and they were 0.3 of a meter away or sorry too close and and they they get considered but it ends up in a false uh false positive is that right yeah uh false positive um so honestly, it's 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 chaos and I think you, you need to be adaptable. You need to be ready. Um, Celtic will obviously have a big, or do have a big squad. They've got an abundance of talent. Um, so they'll be able to cope, no doubt. Um, but obviously, I'm sure Neil Lennon will be itching to get the players back uh, as quickly as possible.
2: And you must have all sorts of protocols to go through, presumably, with your Celtic under-18s.
5: Yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, I spent... I don't know how many Zoom calls before we got back in and hours and hours putting in protocols. And I'll be I'll be honest, you don't realise how important they are until you're actually living them um, and until someone contracts the virus. And then you realise you're protecting yourselves, you're protecting others, you're protecting their families. And it really hits home. It really does hit home. So it's absolutely an inconvenience, but it's one that has to be adhered to, Um so there is we we're protocols coming out of ears. The the word protocols and procedures gives me nightmares at the minute. <laughs> I, I hear it that often, but they're absolutely um necessary. And if it means, uh, putting huge amount of effort and hours into it, but it gets the players back in the pitch, so be it. Um, so as I said, hopefully there's no more, um, there's no more kind of players that that catch it before the game because obviously we want to see the two strongest teams as possible uh, compete on Saturday.
4: Aaron, how are the I guess they're eighteen-year-olds and under? How are they coping, sort of mentally and with all the procedures? Are they managing to get through? Okay, have they got quite a bit of support with you guys?
5: Yeah, they do. Um, in all honesty, whenever we we have anything we have to discuss, their only instinct is when can we when can we train, okay. which is the nice thing. Um, so we do the wording, if you like. We that's the the part of putting in certain uh, guidance for them. Um, Ultimately, they're just happy to move whatever way we tell them, as long as they can go onto the pitch. Um, now we are very aware that these are tough times for everyone, um, and players are no different. But my experience with them is, as long as they're on the pitch, they're happy. So we can inconvenience them off the pitch, um, as long as they get back on and they're kicking a the ball, they're okay.
2: How much talent have you got in your squad? I mean, we're always very keen uh, in Scotland to know where the where the next stars are coming from.
5: Yeah, it's something obviously I've been involved in because I came through a Scottish academy um, and now I'm very much involved in because I'm I'm coaching at it um I'm I'm convinced there is there's huge talent in Scotland in in youth teams. Um, right across the board, not just at Celtic. I'm very fortunate I work with a group of seriously talented footballers. Um but what I've seen the, the talent is there and I suppose and I've I've spent time with many different people discussing this, probably Gordon Strachan been been the one that's most passionate about it that I've come across, but why are we not producing more elite level players um is probably the question and how do we what, what is the reason? Because at sixteen years old I, I believe we're we're not far off on par with with certain teams, big nations that we consider huge footballer nations. So where is the gap? How do we fill the gap to, to when they get to first team level? Um, and I suppose that's a, a question we're all trying to trying to find the answers to.
2: So what does happen then at, at that point? Do you have a theory? Um, this could be I part do, are, could are, be, yeah part, I could while here yeah. this could be part of your pro lessons as well
5: <laughs> no no I could uh, I could go on all day I, I, I genuinely believe there's a mindset it's a it's a professionalism and it's an acceptance of Sacrificing your whole life is it, it?
2: Is it cultural? Is that a yeah, Scottish yeah. cultural uh, thing? I believe.
5: Yeah. And by the way, I I throw Ireland in into this as well. I believe it's we're very very similar in our cultures, Scotland and Ireland. So it's not just Scotland I'm looking at. Um, yeah, I do think there's a cultural thing. I think there's many things you can. Coaching is one thing that's improved a hell of a lot. I believe in the in the country. Um, the mindset of of coaches is a big thing as well at youth team level. I'm talking about. Um, but players, yeah, culturally, but but I'm seeing massive differences the differences from when I was a player to, to now is is night and day and I believe you will start to see the benefits of that. Um, it mightn't be in Steve Clark's reign but but certainly in, in kind of five, ten years. But there's been but there's been some good, really good things been done um and hopefully but that takes time and it's patience. Uh, but yeah there's there's uh, certain cultural things that I think are changing um but but have held held Scotland and Ireland back.
2: Some interesting thoughts there from the Celtic under-18s manager, Darren D. You might have your thoughts as well on uh, how we produced talent and what we could do better in Scottish football in that regard. 08081717700. The news at six is on the way and another hour of football chat after that.
0: The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go!
2: been another great night of uh, football chat. We have already heard from the St Mirren manager Jim Goodwin early on in the first hour and not so long ago. Heard from uh, Pat Nevin, the former Scotland winger, with some interesting thoughts. He knows Stevie Clark well and he always knew that it was going to come right. Let's hope it continues to come right uh, tomorrow night. Scotland against the Czech Republic at Hampden Park in the Nations League, of course. Uh, League Cup ties tonight plenty of them and Ali I know you just would like nothing better than to run through those again and tell us what football is just very much around the corner
4: Absolutely if my maths is right 16 matches on tonight so here goes Inverness Cali Thistle against Cowdenbeath Heart of Midlothian against Shwaith Rovers Broader Rangers Cove Rangers Forforth Athletic against Hibbs, Dundee United Celtic Hearts Peter, I nearly said size team it is Peterhead against Precon City Montrose against Elgin City Ross County at home to Arbroath Falkirk at home to Clyde Dumfermlin away to Kilmarnock Stenrar at home to Albion Rovers Air United at home to Annan Athletic Greenock Morton take on Queen's Park Queen of the South are taking on Partick Thistle and Stenhouse Muir at home to Airdionians with Aloe Athletic at home to Edinburgh City
2: the other thing to talk about is uh, of course the Europa League games which amazingly the games are just stacking up at the moment and that uh, Europa League is just around the corner those are the first games Darren are next week it's Darren O'Dea with Rob McLean and Ali Defoy should have said he's been with us for an hour but just in case you've joined us it is the <laughs> former Celtic been? and well, that, that as well the former Celtic and Republic of Ireland defender is with us as well in the second hour we're going to hear from Stephen McManus um, he may just mention his goal against AC Milan in the Champions League from all those years ago as we prepare to uh, well, the, the, l- own <laughs>
5: the own goal the own goal I've actually seen that recently was it, was it not his goal I think it was but I'll let him I'll well, let him argue think... now watch it back watch it back I it's, think we should debate this it was a Matt corner came six. in and it came to the back post and kind of deflected up off and back. It was an own goal
2: I might look back at his goal for Scotland against Liechtenstein now as well in the 96th hold minute hold on we want him to was. come on hold We're, on we might, we might take all his goals off him <laughs> by the end Gosh. of the show and by the end of the show tonight we'll also hear from uh, Cy Ferry regularly of this parish uh, who is in action tonight for Peterhead of course in the League Cup so we'll hear from him tonight uh, ahead of Peterhead's game Ali against um, Breachan of course yeah. who were yeah, managed by Mark Wilson with Simon Donnelly by his side well we've got lots to talk about so let's uh, let's crack on and of course Saturday lunchtime Darren for, for Celtic against Rangers your old firm memories and you may want to throw in here your League Cup final goal
5: well, that wasn't an own goal <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah obviously fantastic memory uh, it, it, it stays with you the 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 kind of big moments in, and they are the big moments in cup finals or or Rangers celtic champions league nights um that goal is a massive part of my career now obviously it's been and gone um but it was certainly probably the biggest the biggest moment i had uh, a fantastic obviously to score and win win a final um these games are always huge they're always pivotal in in seasons um obviously it's not a cup final but it's a, a league game and both sides are, are in good form so it'll be a, a tough a tough game for both teams how did the game affect you the old firm game what did it do to you um i probably i probably I'm a youth team coach now so this stuff i probably shouldn't tell players um i went into these games honestly not visualizing the football match it was i was going to go to war i was going to put my body through um whatever it needed to, to go through i was going to contest everything um, I remember um, one of the games, I can't even remember which one it was. I believe it was when Robbie Keane was up here. And I remember uh, Kevin Thompson posted every second day a tackle he had in Robbie Keane. I'm sick of watching it now at this stage. Um, But anyway, I remember watching that game back and and raging with myself and the team that we, we didn't get round the referee. We didn't get round Robbie at the time. And I remember going into the game later on in the season at Celtic Park and it sounds terrible, it's something I wouldn't tell young kids, but it was uh, we had spoken address from contest everything. Barry Ferguson was a fantastic pro with managing referees, He's a brilliant player, but <laughs> knew the game well. He was always around the ref, Lee McCulloch, Kenny Miller, guys that weren't shy of a, a word or two. And um I honestly went into these games just win at all costs, um, which probably is not the way of doing it. You should concentrate on performance and performing you believe you'll win. I didn't. I never thought of my performance. It was just win at all costs. Bite, scratch, whatever it <laughs> needs. Um that's what it meant. Shirt so pill. Yeah. Um and it's probably it's probably something you probably shouldn't say, but it's it's the reality of the games. They mean a lot.
2: Yeah, Paul Cooney asked me last night what my what my favourite old firm commentary was, my the, the favourite old firm game that that I'd that I'd worked on, and I, I honestly I found it really difficult. Even now, having thought about it, I find it a difficult one to answer uh, because I don't know what they were like to, w- w- in terms of playing in them. Were they
5: like a blur afterwards? The game, the game itself, I always remember when you when you're walking out into them and you're just so hyped up. The only the only way I could I could my experience of it was the feeling of maybe a boxer. Standing and you're just you're in the zone and you're ready to go, um, and I genuinely mean it because most games I'd be visualising of how I'm maybe gonna pass the ball, run forwards, the different things you do in a game, head the ball. In them games, I wanted to hit someone, I wanted to tackle, I wanted to, I wanted to have confrontation. I wanted to compete, basically, it. yeah, get amongst it and and that was partly my nature because I wasn't a great footballer as well. <laughs> I wasn't going to be the guy that goes and. And kinda of makes the game, but it was about stopping people and and being very, very tough to play against for the ninety minutes. And usually you had two teams doing that. So they made for fireworks. When I played in the games, it was very I wouldn't say low quality, but it wasn't it wasn't known for huge quality. It was who wanted it more, a little, little bit who wanted it more. And I remember back the games we won, we were always when someone had laid down a marker early on. Um the the games I've seen more recently are a little bit more strategic, tactical, um but certainly when I played it was it was who competed harder.
4: How um, different will it be, do you think, on Saturday with no fans, especially for any of the new signings for the clubs that won't be playing against um, the the big fans in the stadium?
5: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I have to admit, that's probably it's a sad thing. Fans should be in these games. Um, it's going to be totally weird, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed Celtic Park isn't going to be full and bouncing. I think it would be actually stranger for the ones that have played in the games. You think? Because it's such a big game that they've played in before. You think of Scott Brown's played, I don't know how many at this stage. He's used to the, the fever pitch that's built up in the stadium beforehand. Where now it's that atmosphere. Listen, the players are probably used to it now, but this game is known for the... You, the you associate creates. it with yeah, noise, you? Yeah, you associate it with that. Yeah, so it, I, I think it'd be more strange for the, the ones that haven't been involved. I think it could actually help ones that... Or sorry, that have been involved. The ones that haven't been involved, it could help them that you don't have that to contend with because, trust me, the noise that that either stadium makes is, is electric, so... Um, I'm disappointed, but that listen, it's the situation we're in at the minute.
2: Does it give Rangers an advantage in that? Had there been a crowd, it would have been a predominantly Celtic crowd, bar a few hundred Rangers fans. So uh, Celtic would have had massive backing.
5: Does
2: that is it a slight? Does that slightly favour Rangers?
5: You would, you would say maybe, yeah, probably. But Rangers won the last time they were at Celtic Park, um, yeah. and I was at the game, and the noise was electric then. So. I, I, you, you, yeah, you would like to think your own fans give you give you that bit extra, and certainly the Celtic fans do. But obviously, the last game they didn't, so um, they didn't win off the back of that. So um, probably no. With these two teams, I think these two teams now know know each other inside out. They know who they're going to face. There's not going to be many new faces to either team. Um, so probably not. Probably not. I think it'll be an even game. I think whoever performs best on the day will win. Um, and of course fans it's as i said so disappointing they're not going to be there but in all honesty will they will it affect the game i'm i'm not so sure
2: do you expect Odson Edouard to play
5: um i, I listened i i'm only privy to what's in the press is he is he well, he's, he's self isolating isn't he in, yeah. france, in france at the moment I, and, and i
2: think the the word was that he would only be back either on friday or or saturday morning potentially yeah, i'm so not sure about
5: that it's a call for the manager he's obviously gonna have trained probably in his own isolation and, and um ticked over if you like. It's it's up to the manager to make the call if, if he feels he's he's sharp enough to play. He's obviously an enormous player, a fantastic player. Um but that'll ultimately come down to the manager's decision.
2: What's really good news for, for Celtic um they'll, they'll they'll be looking forward the Celtic fans to Lee Griffiths linking up with, with Odson Edward again because those two in the latter part of last season were so effective together, weren't they? And and, and Griffiths is- is back and and he's found found the back of the net.
5: Yeah, Lee Griffiths is there's there's he's a certain mentality. Um, so with St Johnston game, you, you know, he's maybe he's not as peak fitness. But I just knew when he was coming on the pitch, he's going to get a chance. He's. I suppose all like you say all good strikers should be he's selfish, he wants to score. His his whole game is around scoring goals. If he comes off the pitch and does a, a, a kinda of a shift for the team, it's not enough if he hasn't scored a goal and that's in him. That's always been in him. Um so it's important that Celtic have got him back fit and and Scotland as well. Scotland as well could do it. And we're talking about Lyndon Dykes stretching the game. Lee Griffiths could be a f- perfect foil for him um, to play in around him. So, yeah, absolutely. It's g- It was great to see him back. It was it was great to see him score. Um, and hopefully now, as the season goes on, he'll only get fitter and fitter and, and obviously give uh, the manager a fantastic option to pick to.
2: Obviously, there are other options as well. Patrick Klimala uh, is playing as we speak for the, the Polish under-21s uh, against... Bulgaria it just reminds it reminds you I guess of, of how old Patrick Klamala isn't I, I was, and how, he's, how he does have time to develop
5: yeah well no I, I was amazed at that that he started at 21 so I didn't know that um I thought he was older um so yeah it does it does so now he's he's a guy that's come in and he, uh, he works extremely hard there was obviously a lot of um, kind of uh, news around him bulking up over the kind of lockdown period, which shows his professionalism. So, um, and he's now starting to find his feet. So, I think all of a sudden the manager's got kind of four options to pick from. And, and as you touched on with the Europa League, there's so many games coming up internationals, obviously league fixtures, cup fixtures, and um, they're going to need a big squad. So, um, it bodes well for Celtic that Klamal is, is starting to come on to a game, ayeti has got goals. Edward is, is is obviously been a big player for, for a number of years now and, and Lee Griffiths is, is coming back to full fitness.
2: Yeah, I think Ayeti's got half a dozen goals already in pretty limited appearances for Celtic, but he looks like a goal poacher. He looks like a guy that is just in the right place at the right time.
5: Yeah, probably not similar players, but similar in the mindset to, to Lee Griffiths now. I don't know Ayeti, um, but when I watch him, he looks like someone that wants to score goals and co- quite clearly his... his uh, his form would show you that. I don't think he, he's, I don't want to say all that much interested, but in, in the kind of build-up to, to goals, but he's there to finish it off. So I think he's someone that'll live and breathe, um, been in and around the box, similar to Lee Griffiths. Um, and he's he's had a fantastic start to his Celtic career. Are Rangers an improved team this season? Um, I I haven't seen all that much of them Um But yeah, I I think I think they probably are. I think they probably are. They've obviously added um, a number of players. I don't think they've lost too many. Um, So yeah, I think they probably are. I think they're a team now that are very well coached. They've got some some really good players in their team. They've got some players that can score goals. and and quite clearly you saw last season, um, up until Christmas, they, they played some really good football in Celtic Park. They they performed really, really well that day. Um as I said, I was at the game, they performed really well, they performed really well in the cup final as well, where obviously Celtic came out on top. So um I think Stephen Jarrett's done a good job there. I think he's he's improved that team. Um and as I said, I, I believe now you're you're looking at a fixture where it will be the best team wins. Obviously in previous kind of fixtures gone by over the last four or five years, it's been very much one-sided, and um, I think now it's it's probably as as even as it has been for a, a long, long time.
2: And in Ryan Kent, they've arguably got the the player of the season so far, who seems to have reacted really well to all the the transfer publicity around him, the, the the bids from Leeds United to try and take him down to the English Premier League. But he he maintained he wants to be a Rangers player. He wants to to deliver for Rangers, and he has delivered, hasn't he? He's would would he be the most dangerous? player in the Rangers team from a Celtic point of view?
5: um, Yeah yeah probably probably in terms of his, his direct plays he's obviously a very technically good player he's quick along the ground and he's he's something that's probably been aimed at him is, is adding goals and assists to his kind of his, his repertoire so he's had a very good start to the season it'll be as, as I said the Celtic and Rangers they're going to be very aware of of each other they're not kind of coming in and wondering what each other are about they, they'll They'll know everything about each other. Um, that's the nature of the Scottish League. Um, so they'll be, Celtic will be very aware of Ryan Kent and he'll be certainly a player that, that I'm sure Neil Lennon will look to, to kind of stop, if you like.
2: It's a high-pressure season for both, isn't it? Because there's the pressure and the intensity of Celtic wanting to do this, wanting to make it to, to 10 titles on the trot. And on the other side of that fence, Rangers desperately not wanting them to do it, and and so th- so there's real pressure on both sides.
5: I'll be I'll be totally honest. I think the pressure comes out to it. The fans, the fans. I'm talking about. I think there's obviously you'd be lying if you said there's not a huge emphasis on this season. I, I genuinely believe in both camps. It's another season. Um, do now do you,
2: th- are you not? If you're a player, do you not want to? I think you player, have to. What, you I think you have to. I don't want to be part of history
5: well are you if i told you then that celtic players were more motivated this year than previous seasons they're not these boys are these boys have won 10 titles in a row you don't you don't do that unless you are highly highly motivated and uh, motivated is probably not the right word committed is probably the right word they you don't you don't have that level of success without having a relentless attitude no matter what um so i don't think what i don't think it matters uh, sorry matters maybe not the right word I think whatever titles in front of them, they want to win, regardless of whether it's nine or nine, ten. Nine or row, ten or they 11. want to win the next title, and and next Saturday is is a league game that would see them um, obviously pick up three points and Rangers not pick up three points if they were to win, and it'll push them closer to winning another title. Now, I think the fans and the and and of course the manager will be well aware of what it means, but I I would be very surprised if there's any talk of that in the dressing room. It's about winning another title winning another cup and keep adding and adding um and let's not forget it the world doesn't end this year um it'll go again and they'll have to win the next year and the next year and, and it, it doesn't stop it doesn't stop at celtic so this squad has that in abundance and and none more so than the captain um so um i think it's another title added now we all know that there's going to be for or either way um but that's more from the pundit side of it and the fan side of it. I think the players are concentrating on doing their job, which they have done for the last number of years.
2: Do Rangers have a psychological barrier to hurdle this season um, because of what happened halfway through the last one and the one before?
5: I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to. You'd have to probably ask them that. Um, I think when you've not won leagues and cups, people talk of having the experience of getting over the line and actually knowing how to win. How to win leagues and cups. I've heard, for instance, the Man United team of, of years gone by. They talk the Gary Neville and like and talk about they, they knew how to win leagues and having that experience helps. Um, and I think what w- what that means is maybe when you're behind in a game, you understand to to, to stay calm and and it, it'll come. Or even picking up a an, a vital point or whatever during the season that you always see the bigger picture. And um, Celtic obviously have a huge, vast array of experience at that. And um, I think that'll help them. Whether Rangers have a mental block, I have no idea. Obviously, last year they performed very well, as I said, at at Celtic Park, won the game. Um, Obviously, there was a a winter break and and at the back of that, Celtic just seemed to go into a different gear. So whether that has any bearing on this year, I have no idea from Rangers' point of view.
2: And one thing we do know that... um... Whatever happens on Saturday, um, there's a a lot of mileage to go in terms of of the the title race, but it won't stop us hyping it up and it won't stop lots of people getting really
5: excited about what Saturday means. Yeah, look, Saturday isn't going to decide the league title, that's for sure, but... Would we have it any other way than to hype it up to the absolute max and and make it into the the game it is? No, and and it'll never be different here in Glasgow. So I think it should be hyped up. I think everyone should look forward to it. It'll be a, a really good game with two teams going at it. Um... Well, yeah, Especially with so
4: everything else going on in the world right now, to yeah, have something right. to look forward pers- to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I thought you were going to say a bit of perspective because that probably won't be
4: around <laughs> no, come No, Saturday. we don't want perspective. <laughs> with this game,
5: just throw tr- tr- perspective out the window. I think from the team's point of view and the manager's point of view, there's always perspective. You have to, both as a fan and a pundit. I build it up all you want.
2: Absolutely Perspective out the window The form book out the window Celtic against Rangers On Saturday lunchtime What do you think Still time for you to get involved In the Go Radio football show It's uh, Glasgow Zone Monday to Friday 5 till 7 And more football chat on the way The Go Radio football show Let's go Yeah, and we're getting excited already about Celtic against Rangers. It's four days away Saturday, lunchtime for the first Old Firm meeting of the campaign. We're getting horribly out of perspective already, as well as what we do So 7-0 for the Scotland under 21s in San Marino this afternoon kicked off at half past four a hat trick for Fraser Hornby goals as well for David Turnbull, Barry Maguire Uh, that hat trick uh, from Hornby plays his club football in France these days Harrison Ashby, brilliant name he got one of the goals as well and Connor McLennan 7 up for Scotland Uh, away to San Marino and of course the senior side back in action tomorrow night we're on a roll let's hope so seven games you sound much more excited about this one I know I was worried but now I'm excited about Scotland under Stevie Clark and let's hope we can stay top of that Nations League group come tomorrow night with the big playoff final to come next month in Serbia I lost let's talk now it's uh, Rob McLean should point out Rob McLean Ali Defoy and Darren Addy okay. in the studio on the Go Radio Football Show and our next guest welcome him please in your usual fashion the, f- the former Celtic and Scotland skipper uh, Stephen McManus hi Stephen Hi folks how are you doing as well? Yeah okay. very well thank you um, we were having a debate earlier on and I know you'll want to get involved in this uh, because of course Celtic are playing uh, Milan um, next week in the, yep. in the Europa League groups uh, you were allegedly a scorer uh, for Celtic in the Champions League uh, in 2007 I think it was a 2-1 yep. win now I can't say who mentioned it earlier on just in case you weren't listening um, but there was a suggestion it might not have been your goal
1: uh, I would love to disagree, Rob, but because when you don't score very many in your career, you need to take ho- however many you can. So I'm definitely claiming that was <laughs> my goal.
5: Mick, Mick, I've I've just YouTubed and put your uh, name next to it, and it oh doesn't no, even please, show up. Please, it doesn't even show up. Please, it's just Celtic two one.
1: I don't see that you did that <laughs> I was, my cover would get blown. <laughs>
2: I believe you, Stephen. It, <laughs> must, it must be presumably it must be a problem with the search engine. I would
4: have thought. It must be the signal in the studio, surely.
1: Uh, listen, you should do me a favour by saying that, but no, listen, it was a brilliant night, I just can't believe how long ago that it was, but um, when these kind of things, these kind of games come up, it brings back a lot of good memories for all of us, you know, those different games as well that Darren and I both played in in the San Siro that night as well, and um, we went out So listen, great memories and, and, and that's all they are Nowadays unfortunately Were well,
2: you two a good partnership then And a good partnership now? It
5: was a strange partnership Because we were Obviously both lefties yeah. And Mick Mick moved to the right To accommodate me And I was very lucky is, is, is I was it, I Mike, was very young at the time So it, it was, I had good people Around me at the time But you, nah, Stephen you're two footed Aren't you? Uh, well
1: no I'm predominantly left Rob So I was uh, <laughs> I was giving um, you the benefit Of I the really doubt. Like I say Dan was, was, was young um, at that, at that time and it was it was a brilliant night great games to play in I think we maybe played against Milan maybe four times in total um, brilliant occasions great games to play in and, and like you say, I was a few years older than Dan that night and you just kind of tried to use your experience um, but Dan was probably the best player on the pitch that night um, so it was a great occasion
2: What were, you, what were your, what your memories of that uh, the Milan win the 2-1 game then uh, 13 years ago to the month in the Champions uh, League I, group stages.
1: I remember uh, the, the the game pretty well, to be honest, Rob, because I think we had we had worked a lot on um obviously how we were going to stop them playing, which was I think at that time they had they had top top players and um at that point it was it was we we were big and crossing the ball into the box and trying to at home we always put teams under pressure so we always felt it Celtic part that like we would that would give as good as we got and, and, and during that game we always went right to the death as, as so many Celtic teams do and we were fortunate enough obviously to get Listen, the goal that, that, that I scored was, was 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 extremely lucky but like you say we went right to the end. I think Gary Caldwell had a good shot that goalie palm and Scott McDonald scored the winner and, and, and back then our home forum was, was was what our success was built on.
2: Have Celtic got it unlucky, Stephen to have drawn Milan uh, in this Europa League group?
1: I don't think Milan are as strong as certainly what they have been over the over the over the previous years. Um but certainly for our club it was it was we wanted to be in the Champions League, absolutely, but it wasn't to be, so the next best thing was to, to make sure that we qualified for, for the Europa. Um and when you actually look at the level of competition and the teams that are actually in the Europa, it's a very, very strong it's a, uh, it's a strong tournament this year, and, and like I said, for ourselves for and Rangers, I think of Scottish football, it's, it's great to have both teams in the group stages.
2: It's sometimes difficult though, Darren, until you square up to these teams to know exactly how good they are, because they might be big names of old um, who have a real reputation, but you don't know how they are in, in 2020. I mean, for Celtic, it's Milan and Lille
5: and Sparta Prague. Yeah, AC Milan are probably the one that, that would be relevant to. They're certainly not the the force of old. Like I think, I'm not sure the exact year, but I'm sure AC Milan, were, uh, they won the Champions League either the year before the game you're talking about that Mick scored in, or allegedly scored in. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, they were Champions League winners, so they were seriously, seriously strong. They had Perlo, Seedorf, Kaká, who was, I think, he won the Ballon d'Or maybe, uh, Nesta, Maldini. Um, they're certainly not the force old, but they'll certainly be still very, very strong. Um, and I think there's a bit of glamour when it's one of the big, big names in, in uh, Europe that comes to Celtic Park as well. So again, the fact that the fans won't be there is, is really disappointing. Um, but these games are the games, as Mick says, you want to you play in.
2: And Celtic will look to do what they did, Stephen, last season... Uh, I mean the the home and away wins against Lazio with a with a highlight, yeah. I guess. And do and do a bit better as well because maybe disappointment in the end not to beat Copenhagen.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think the, the performances in, 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 in Lazio were terrific. Um they really, really showed the manager and his and his coaching staff and the players were tactically very good in in, in the evening, really, really difficult to break down and then we'd always looked very dangerous on the counter. So um again it's 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 gonna be the games are going to be really good. As Graham touched on, I think not having fans and is is is, is going to be difficult. It really, as you know, when the atmosphere is at, at our place, whether it's Europa, whether it's Champions League, it's these European nights that you remember as a player. Um, so that's going to be disappointing. But every 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 team that comes and plays is it's in the same situation. Um, so, like I said, if, if anything changes in the future, then it would be great. But I don't see that happening
5: anytime soon.
2: Rangers have drawn Standard Liege, Lech Poznan and Benfica. Um and it all gets underway next Thursday. It's incredibly close, isn't it? And and we're obviously hoping that that both Rangers and Celtic do well and, and do as well as they did last time around and hopefully a little bit better because it it does wonders for the coefficient, doesn't it? And, and it, I think it, we're and I think we're getting dangerously close to getting a team directly into the Champions
1: League group stages would that, that be right? As you know that's 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 what you must you want even as a I think when you look at the performances as well with Motherwell and, uh, and Aberdeen they performed very well as well. They were just they just fell short at that last They stage. they got
2: tough draws, um, didn't they?
1: They did, you know, but like you said, if, if 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 ourselves and Rangers can continue to uh, develop and, and get good results in Europe then the bigger picture will be that we'll get an automatic place into Champions League and you can you can keep enhancing it and that's got to be the aim, you know, for for our club. We certainly that's it's the Champions League's the pinnacle um, and as a player when you look back at your career the early
5: games that you remember
2: and yes. maybe, maybe Rangers best performances under Steven Gerrard have come in Europe well, yeah, as well yeah,
5: yeah it's listen you're never going to get Celtic and Rangers cheering each other on um, it's never going to happen but absolutely the reality is it, if both of them do well, they it helps each other. And the coefficient is is massive. Like we're, we're talking about the nights that we had in the Champions League, we qualified automatically, or we had one qualifier. Now, once or twice, we got really unlucky. I, one year, I remember we got Arsenal. Um, one year, we, we qualified, we got Spartak Moscow. And then the other years, we qualified automatically um, by winning the league. So, as I said, you're never going to get Celtic and Rangers, you're on, but, but if both do well, it, it, it bodes really, really well for Scottish football. Stephen,
2: we're definitely not going to take your goal away from you that you scored for Scotland against Liechtenstein in the hundred and thirty third minute or whatever it was. Um what about Scotland?
1: Thanks for that, Rob. <laughs>
2: what about what about Scotland tomorrow night? Are you are we making little steps of progress? Was was Sunday
1: night a bit more enjoyable than it's been? I think so, Rob. You know, it's it's listen, we're undefeated in seven, which I think is is, is fantastic. You know, Steve Clark's doing a uh, a very good job. I think the one thing that I will say is with, with, with Scotland, we're not a country that's going to be blessed with keeping massive amount of possession. we have not blessed with unbelievably technically gifted players throughout the pitch. So I think we need to then play to our strengths. Um, and the one thing that Steve Clark's teams are always are, whether it was at that they're very, very defensive. They're very, very well organised. And I think certainly, in my own personal opinion, I think Lyndon Dykes has been an absolute revelation coming in. I think in international football, you need somebody that gets you up the pitch. Uh, he's physically strong, he moves very well, and, and technically he's getting better and better all the time. Um, and I think the systems is suiting him well just now. The players know their role. So if we can continue to keep clean sheets and keep well organised, you're going to be in the hunt for you're for, 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 for a lot more positive results, as is, is we've shown already.
2: I think uh, tomorrow night's game as well, uh, Darren, is is, is a lot more important than some people are realising, I think, because everyone is fixated, and I understand why, on Serbia next month and the chance to to get to the European Championship Finals. That would be absolutely massive. We've waited so long. But actually, uh, this Nations League group offers us another qualification route for, yeah,
5: f- for uh, next time yeah I think in all honesty I think people didn't actually understand what the Nations League was um, I certainly hadn't a clue what was going on and it was only right. when, the quali- <laughs> or when the playoffs came round I'm like oh so if we, if we had it done better in the Nations League we'd have had a better mm-hmm. uh, chance of qualification so I think now it will start to dawn on people that there's a massive emphasis to do well in it um, but in all honesty it was in its infancy it was just this is obviously for the first time we've gone through it so I'm not criticising anyone for not understanding but I hadn't a clue what was going on in the Nations League to be honest with you until until now so certainly from Scotland's point of view absolutely this game does mean mean a lot because when it comes round to, to qualifying for major tournaments obviously that's what you want to do and this is going to help you along the way
2: But uh, reverting uh, to position A uh, Serbia, Stephen, we know exactly what's required there and and I guess Stevie Clark knows Exactly what's required. When you, when you look at uh, some of the talent uh, in that Serbian team like Zmitrovic and Tadic and, yeah. and all the rest, um, that, that's, a, that's a really strong team. They blunted Norway as well in the semi-final, which was impressive yeah. because they've been scoring goals for fun. So it's going to be a big challenge and you would imagine that that uh, newly acquired defensive solidity for Scotland is going to be really crucial uh, in Serbia.
1: It's certainly going to be tested, Rob, that's for sure. Um, it'll, be, it'll be tested, but when you get to this stage of the competition, at a international level, you know, the, the teams, your opposition is going to be very strong, it's going to be very good. Um, but again, I, I, that's why I think it's really important. I don't think people... I think it's underestimated just how important the positivity is throughout the country. Um, the, the, the supporters, the media, everybody going pulling in one direction and supporting the managers, supporting the staff and the players. You you don't realise how important it is, and I think for for one game, um, of course it's going to be a difficult game, but I definitely think that we can do it. There's no reason to think otherwise. Um, if everybody gets behind the, the the players and the staff, then the more positive that we show, the better chance that we've got of actually making the, the the Euros.
2: We've been speaking about Lee Griffiths on the show. How good would it be And yep. he's back? He's back for Celtic. He's back among the goals again. Um, how good would it be to? Have him back uh, fit and firing, not just for for club but for country as well. That Griffiths and Dykes partnership for
1: Scotland, how yeah. would that be, uh, Robert? It's funny, I think. Like both Darnell of have, of have, have now seen him at, at, at close quarters as well, when, and the opportunities had to be working with him at times as well. And I had only ever before I had obviously come back into the role at Celtic. I would only ever played against Lee before, um, and then when you get to work with him. On a daily basis, he's 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 possibly the best instinctive finisher that I've that I've worked with. Um, he's that good a finisher, um, and he's 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 certainly a massive a massive boost for our club and the nation if we can get a fully fit Lee Griffiths, who's 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 mentally ready to perform at the level that, that he has done all the way throughout his career. He's a he's such a likable lad. He's a terrific boy to, to to work with in a short period of time. That, that, that I've worked with him, and he's absolutely one hundred percent one of the best finishers that i've that I've had the pleasure of working with um, He does things off the cuff, he strikes the ball so well he can score goals right foot, left foot, and the air, and it'd be a real real bonus to to get him on that pitch,
2: yeah, I wonder if James Forrest might be ready in time. Uh, maybe too early for him that, that the game in Serbia. Not too sure. Um, obviously Christie to come back and and Tierney as well. So there there's some some real quality to come back yeah, into that side, Darren. As yeah, well yeah,
5: there is. There's and that I'm kind of going back on all ground here. But Scotland have a, a really good pool of players. But you're going to have to leave good players out. I think if you try to fit in all the top players that you you consider to be your real top players, you won't have a team. You'll have an abundance of central midfielders, as I said, two left backs clearly at the, the top of their game. It's now time that these players fitted into a style that Scotland have, and I feel Steve Clark certainly has found that in the last uh, number of games, in the last kind of two, three games in a system. I think they have to find their way into this system now, and it, it, it then breeds consistency. It, we talk, international managers complain that they only get three, four days to work with the players, there's not enough time well then if you're chopping and changing every time you never get the same consistent message Oh, it, it, that happens over time and I think Steve Clark, you're now starting to see he's had a bit of time and you're starting to see results off the back of that
2: And we were saying earlier on Stephen um, that, that maybe without Kieran Tierney uh, Stephen Clark, Stevie Clark has found the system to slot Kieran Tierney into now maybe on the left side of that back three
1: Yeah listen Kieran KT's playing I think it helps when you're playing your club football in, in, in that position at times as well Um
2: You never thought you'd hear mixed Kate, silence like that, would you? We had a wee problem on your phone line there, Stephen. I'm not sure. Stephen, if can, I'm not you're sure. Back.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, no you're listen back. back. Listen, listen, Katie's. He's a he's a top top player. You know, he's he's. I think it helps when you're playing your club football in the same position. Um, he's he's done that numerous occasions recently for Arsenal. So, um, my personal opinion is is that he, the, the, the national team's better with both him and Andy Robertson in it. But again, that's when you look at the. His, the the pool of players that are available now for Steve Clark I think you can always tell what the kind of mood in the camp is like at international levels with the amount of call-offs that there are yeah. and in the last few months I don't think there's been many call-offs um, people want to then play for their country which is which is the greatest honour you can have and even when you look at somebody like Andy Considine coming in he's, he's he's played over 500 times for Aberdeen he's been terrific throughout his career he's probably been underrated throughout his career and he comes in and he slots in in a, in a big, big game, as if he's played there all these days, so I think it's again, it's people with a, like 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 Andy that you can rely on as well. And for the for the short term, he can definitely then, uh, stake his claim for that position. But we need strength and depth, and then it's up to the manager to then pick the, the formation and pick the players accordingly.
2: Stephen, good to hear from you. And we're going to just a wee look at those search engines and just sort them out and uh, maybe reinstate that goal uh, from 2007 against Milan. We're sure it was yours.
1: If you can, Rob, because I've got the picture on my wall,
4: suddenly. So <laughs> I? <laughs> oh, we'll sort it for sure that'll then, don't a, worry. That'd be a major letdown <laughs> if it was Barry. an own goal, it? <laughs>
2: All the best, <laughs> Stephen. Thanks a lot. Good Cheers, hearing from Stephen. you on the Goal yeah, Radio yeah. Football Show. The Goal Radio Football Show. Let's go! That was Ali Defoy with Rob McLean and Darren Addy on the Go Radio Football Show. How are you enjoying two hours of talking football, Darren?
5: Magnificent. I think you can another two him. hours. <laughs> oh, no problem. You can do two days on <laughs> the short. Aye, double <laughs> up.
2: You don't think uh, Stephen McManus was too downhearted that we took that call away from him? He's about to take that, nah, picture. Was... He's about to take that picture down off his wall. I know,
5: I no, I'm on Zoom calls all the time, so I've seen, I know exactly the picture he's talking about and the jerseys up, so um, no, nah, no, I'm kidding on. It was his goal, sort of.
2: Scotland scored seven of them the under-21s in San Marino this afternoon a great win for them on the back of beating the Czech Republic as well so that's a a double header for them success and uh, hopefully the success for Scotland uh, tomorrow night in the senior uh, Nations League match Against the Czech Republic will be a stronger Czech team this time than the one we beat last time out. But uh, Scotland are improving. We're all, all feeling a whole lot better about it. Man of the match the other night was Ryan Fraser, who just started out his club career. Uh, he signed on with Newcastle and he started to get some game time on as a sub for Scotland against Israel. Then he started um, against Slovakia and he got the man of the match
7: in that game it was hard just try to work hard and try and influence the game in, in any way I possibly can and uh, I've never played really striker um, before so it was different for me so I just try to, to do my best but look that's us I'm beating in seven now um, top of the group which is brilliant and um, we'll just go into the next game against Czech Republic and if we can get a win there then it, it, it just gives us that momentum going into next month which is which is needed. You just like the way he talks as well he,
2: he sounds a positive guy doesn't he?
7: Yeah and he, he certainly he certainly is that
5: in in his football play. Um, I think it, it suited having a striker like Lyndon Dykes next to him and it probably gave him a little bit of freedom in the game to to drift off the sides where he's probably more usually uh, accustomed to. Um, but he's a really good player, really direct, strong and, and quick and uh, he had a good night for Scotland the other night.
2: And he's a great outlet, isn't he, when, when we are you know, putting a lot of emphasis on defending. Um, it's great to to just give him the ball and let him run at the opposition defense.
5: Yeah, I think th- with Scotland now they've got uh, they can vary their play a little bit. They've got players that can obviously they can technically play, and in, in Callum McGregor and and um, and Ryan Jack. They can play from the back if you like, but then at times if they need to, they can always clip things a little bit longer into Lyndon Dykes and then obviously into. Uh, Ryan Fraser's fee. Who can who can be really direct and carry the team up the pitch. So, it gives Scotland uh, various different ways of attacking.
2: So that was uh, Ryan Fraser on his performance. Let's hear from the Newcastle winger uh, with his reaction to the overall Scotland team performance.
7: We worked hard obviously, with the other the other day against Israel playing 120 minutes, some of the lads obviously needed a little bit of freshen up so the, the manager changed some bodies and I think the boys that came in today done really well, um, it would have been easy just to win the game the other day and maybe not concentrate so much on this game but I think we showed that we, uh, we gave everything today and we were the better team and on another day we could have scored two or three so um, yeah it's very positive.
2: The games are coming thick and fast for Scotland, it's that Czech Republic game tomorrow night and of course uh, not too far away and it will come around quickly, the playoff final in Serbia.
7: Everyone's thinking about next month but I think you need to be professional and the game the other night it was, it was hard fought but I think now that's behind us, we've gotten through to the final now and um, look we need to we need to go and win this group so uh, any game that you play, especially when you put the jersey on for Scotland, I think doesn't matter what game, friendly, um, qualifier, you just need to give your all and try and win the game
2: news that uh, John Fleck the Sheffield United midfielder is out of uh, tomorrow night's game with uh, an injury which I think he picked up in that uh, Slovakia game I see what you remember he did go off uh, with an injury in the course of that game so he will not feature uh, tomorrow night Andy Robertson is suspended uh, but it it just gives opportunities for Stevie Clark to do what we were talking about earlier on in the show and that's just slot other people into those positions.
5: Yeah I I would be surprised if just because of a couple of injuries to to certain positions, that he changes anything in terms of the shape of the team. I think it's about now finding the the people to fit into those positions, and again, add add another um another game playing this way for Scotland, and especially leading into to next month's game against Serbia. Um, so it gives opportunity to players. I think um, I think Jurgen Klopp probably had a word with Andy Robertson. I think that booking was. Suspicious a little bit um, But listen He, he obviously played Get yourself played, back to Anfield uh, I think he played An enormous amount of football He's he's done fantastically well So um, probably a well-earned break
2: Let's hear from Lyndon Dykes. We've been speaking um, Plenty about him uh, Two goals In four Internationals A really Positive Outlook And uh, he's our number nine
5: I mean I love coming away With the boys And uh, I feel really happy And enjoying every Every moment of it so getting, getting a couple goals As well For, for my first four caps Is a uh, it's even better, so hopefully, hopefully they keep coming.
2: I get the feeling, Darren, he's been a big influence. not just Not just the way he's playing, the way he's talking, the way he's behaving, just his positive outlook. Um, he came in uh, talking big things. I mean, it, it's a big deal before you've made your debut for your country to be saying what he was saying, but he's really lived up to it.
5: Yeah, he has. Um mate, like, look listen to Scotland have, have been through the mill a little bit. Um they've been criticised from pillar to post, from media and, and probably themselves, they've been toughing themselves. He's kind of a breath of fresh air, he's someone that's not scarred by the past results um maybe the country's had, and he's certainly hit the ground running. He's I'm not sure is his age, what age is he? He's obviously not twenty three? Is he, is, he, is he still that young? I actually yeah. thought he was older. Um, he was younger than I thought he was, but he's he certainly got a, a, a huge amount of experience in terms of number of games behind him. Um, so he's obviously earned a move from Queen to the South. He's done it kind of the hard way, where he's earned a move to Livingston and done well again at Livingston, and now earned a move to uh, Queen's Park Rangers. So um, he's someone that's in a really positive frame of mind in his club career, and I think that's now reflected onto his international career.
2: And I think game after game for Scotland... He's getting more and more support. I think in the first couple of internationals that he played, he was pretty much isolated. Uh, Scotland weren't really getting players up, or, up and around him, even though he was doing what he was asked to do. But I think now you're, you're seeing more involvement from others, maybe chiefly
5: Ryan Fraser in that in that Slovakia game, um, You know, giving him the support he deserves. I think that's just, again, talk about it, consistency and they start to understand each other's strengths. And when the ball, if I'm John McGain, Ryan Fraser... Ryan Christie whoever it is in them kind of areas that will play around the front man when you know it's going into Linda Dykes it's sticking so how intense you run forward will probably be that little bit more because you know you can trust the, the, the player that's about to take the ball in when you're playing with different types of players that that um, maybe aren't as, as good as holding the ball in, you maybe don't run forward as quickly. I think you're seeing players now that are starting to trust him. They also don't, it doesn't need to be a perfect ball with Lyndon Dykes because of his physical strength and his capacity to hold people off. So I think Scotland can vary how they attack um, and, and I just touched on that a while ago. So um, I think it's now the Scotland players understanding his strengths and the more they understand it and the more he, he plays, it, it'll only get stronger Them relationships.
2: At the other end of the pitch we spoke earlier on as well about uh, Andy Considine and uh, that dream debut for Scotland at the age of, of 33 how well he did uh, and how impressive was his after-match reaction Emotional if I'm honest with you
5: it's been a long time since I've been involved in a Scotland setup, but I suppose it's just always believing that one day you'd maybe get the call 33 now and Obviously, getting the call of the other day was he you was know, completely out of the blue, but uh, over the moon and obviously delighted to be a part of you know such a, such a great win and keep a clean sheet. It's, it's been a fantastic night. And you
2: would imagine he will play again. Will it be the same back three tomorrow night? You you would think so, Darren, wouldn't you?
5: I don't see why not. He, he he performed to a level where he deserves to keep his place, regardless of age. And it's a it's an unusual age to make your debut. I believe it was years and years ago. Anyway, that. Um, someone was older making their debut listen he's someone I know. I say I don't know personally very well but I know i playing against a really good professional really good player um, had, a, had a, I think it's 530 games nearly for Aberdeen he's earned it <laughs> put it that way he's earned his, his international debut he's done really well and, and why shouldn't he keep his place um, he, did, he did really really well
2: He was proud of the team effort Andy Considine as well and he, he seemed to slot in seamlessly
5: I thought the boys were brilliant I felt we've could have maybe grabbed a couple more. You know, I thought we could create some really good chances, but all in all we, we were solid as a team. Reduced them um, to, to very little. I don't think Big Marsh had much to do. So as a team performance, brilliant, but uh, keeping that clean sheet, you know, you're you're always more than likely to win the game.
2: Let's hear as well what Declan Gallagher had to say in the aftermath of uh, that game on on Sunday night Scotland beating Slovakia by a goal to nil and the minute Lyndon Dyke scored you just got the feeling there was going to be no way past Messrs McTominay Considine and Gallagher
0: Yeah I'm finding it good Uh, we're really solid we've uh, we've been working on it quite a lot in the last uh, two camps so uh, I think it's working well I can see two clean sheets in the last two games and not conceding any shots and stuff like that, so we're defending really well. with have been hard to beat, and then obviously, Dicey getting his goal tonight brilliant for us, so we're
2: now off the mark there as well. He's calmness personified, he didn't sound as his voice yelped in there for a minute. <laughs> uh, Declan Gallagher, <laughs> <Dallacour>. <laughs> I know exactly, but uh, yeah, so, some
5: player. Yeah, look, I obviously, I, I worked at Mudwell for, for three months at the end of my career, it was my first kind of job in coaching, and um, I got to see uh, Decky up close. He's a fantastic player, he's obviously. Another one similar to Lyndon Dykes, earned his move to Motherwell. He's now been given an enormous amount of responsibility being the captain. Um, so he, he's done fantastically well. And when you see him up close, you kind of I have to admit I was surprised when I saw him up close how good he was, but it doesn't surprise me now that he's gone on and, and kind of become an international player because when you do work with him, you see his quality. Um, it's come a little bit later in his career again. He's, I think he's 28 maybe, Deke. Um and he's been really well coached at Motherwell, and he's he's been he's earned his move there. But he he's massively kicked on since he's went there.
2: Well done, Declan Gallagher. Well done, Scotland on Sunday, and uh, let's hope for the best for Scotland tomorrow night. More build up from us between five and seven tomorrow as uh, Scotland prepare to play the Czech Republic. Well done to Darnady as well. Thanks for that tonight. Thank you, and Ali and Rob saying uh, bye for now, and we'll see you tomorrow at five.
0: The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.